All right. So good. So good. So good. Paid for that. Paid for that yeah. as some royalty thing or whatever. You so can that- just picture the guy's face like his, like his eyes are squinted and he's like squeezing his face and he's like, you know, sucking his neck in, raising the neck real high. Yeah, that's just, good. Just getting into it. That's awesome. Love it. Yeah. So uh, John's back. I am back. I get to see your handsome face. It's a nice one. Uh, I don't have to set up clean feet or Zoom or anything yeah. like that. And I know. I don't have to hang out in my dimly lit condo. And- yeah. And I did hit record, so that's good. So we're actually that's, recording that's, this. It's a good start because this is going to be a winner. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a winner. Guaranteed. Uh, so uh, for those that are listening, uh, right now we're just trying a little live stream thing. We didn't make it real public. We have a couple people that we're trusting to... Uh, listen and uh, give us uh, some feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know they might they might still give us feedback. I hope they are. I am watching a chat room that I've also set up. So I'm hoping throughout they can tell us if it sounds good. And um, yeah, I love it. So hopefully that hopefully that works out really well. This is how we take it to the big time and get two more listeners. <laughs> two more. Yeah, we need a total of 22. We actually have. Uh, consistently about 35 listeners yes which is great yeah and so we're very thankful for our 35 listeners Mm -hmm. and uh oh i forgot to say welcome everybody to beer Uh, (laughs) bourbon and balderdash we just went right in it balderdash yeah we started with the balderdash yeah yeah we did actually started with the balderdash (laughs) and we were trying to figure it out so that's um, supposed to come at the end because beer bourbon those are the first one yeah. That's why we do beer first. No, we've always done Balderdash first. I guess you can't so. help it. It's always been nonsensical <laughs> right at the beginning. I guess so. It's a good way to start. Yeah, it is a good way to start. And uh, tonight's topic is going to be the um, drunk personalities or drinking personalities. Ooh, yeah. So that'll be interesting. So We're going to hug when this is over. We're going to hug. Awesome. Because that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, are you the hugger? Well, we'll uh, talk about that. We'll talk about that. No. I mean, I'm a hugger anyway, so I don't know if that counts. Wow. Anywho. Yeah. So Tim's having a bit of a problem and uh, Trina says we're echoey. So we'll figure that out later on. But uh, in the moment, uh, we're going to have some beer. Johnny, what'd you bring? Well, quick question. Is that echo on the other end going to show up on our recording as well? It will. Separate? Okay, good. Yeah. Well, so I don't know if you you know this. you want to put up the microphone up to your mouth a little bit. Oh, there. God, you sound great now. I was like yelling over it. Is that better? Yeah, you kind of were yelling over it. I Maybe was. that's why they thought it sounded echoey. Yeah, well, you're... I was yelling at your microphone. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure which one I should be using. I have my own. Well, maybe they'll tell us as we go on. Real pros, ladies and gentlemen. Real yep. pros. Real uh, professionals. Uh, so I don't know if you know what today is. Today is uh, May 4th. The, Wait, May the 4th be with you. Yeah, so it's Star Wars Day. It's but Virgin Check Day. It, it, it has very <laughs> limited... Yes. <laughs> it has very limited to do with the beer that I picked. Other than... The beer is related to tomorrow, which is Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo, another holiday that we stole from other people and That's turned right. into they a don't drinking even want game. It. They don't even want it. <laughs> no, but I thought it'd be fun since tomorrow's Cinco de Mayo, and yeah. this will come right after after to do a Mexican lager. Yes, and a surprise whiskey. We also, you love Mexican lagers. I do. I, I like them in the right. I mean, they're they're kind of refreshing. I like yeah. them in the summertime. They're yeah. delicious. So I I do find it interesting now. There's a lot more. Mexican style lagers coming out from local breweries. Yeah. Um, but if you try them side by side with like a, a Corona or a Pacifico, they're not the same. They're like a, an Americanized version of a Mexican lager. They're usually heavier and uh, not not as light. Okay. Sometimes closer to like a 
I don't know, a pale ale. I don't know. Anyway, I've never had this beer before. I've actually never even heard of this brewery before, but they're semi-local from Tumwater, Washington, oh. which is south of Olympia, the state capital of Washington. Local to me. I actually thought you were going to bring some some uh, East Coast Mexican lager. They don't drink Mexican lagers over there. Yeah, that's true. They they drink they drink uh, Sam Adams. It's pretty much it. <laughs> Everywhere. You think you smell it? Yeah, um, no, you are. No, so I stopped by the Beer Junction, shout yes. out to the Beer Junction, picked this up and, and picked up some other beers for our future podcast. So this is Mexican style lager, product USA, uses Wakatu hops. Never heard of those. Oh. Pilsner Vino, flaked corn, which is pretty common in those. This might actually be pretty good. Descriptors. Sunshine in a can. Ooh. All right. So I was, I was a little disappointed because when I went to their website to try to learn about Matchless Brewing Company, there just was nothing there. There's pictures of the brewery and some of the beers. You can find out about the beers, but not a lot about the brewery. So I might have to dig into this. But made in Washington, so that's fun. Let's uh, get this thing popped and ready to go. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, this actually smells really good. I'm excited. That's typical. Uh, me, me being excited? Yeah. I am. I'm always excited. You got both glasses? Awesome. I do. I do. Give yourself the bigger glass. Are there two different size glasses? Yeah, I couldn't. I just can't find. I, our, our glasses changed in our house, <laughs> and now I don't know what's what. All right. There we go. This is from, you know, glasses from my magical Mexican. Global yeast. The can is pretty basic. It's actually, it's got like a family crest on the front where it's an eagle or a condor eating a snake. Nice. I don't know if that has to do with anything, but whatever. Anyway, let's give it a go. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, smells so good. Like a Mexican lager. Mm -hmm. Nice, light, hoppy aroma. Touch of sweet. Oh, that's summertime in a can. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. What'd they they say? Oh, I wish I had a lime. Descriptors. Sunshine in a can. Is that really what it says? Yeah, this is exactly what it says. That's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even read that. So, um, yeah, this is really good. I mean, mm. it's it's right in line with the, It's a little heavier than like a Pacifico, but not by much. Yeah. Uh, what's the ABV on it? 17%. Lime would... 4%. Brighten that up. Yes, it would. This definitely could use the lime, but this is a good beer. It's a solid trace. I've had other Mexican lagers made by American brewers that I didn't like so much. Okay. I just didn't... They weren't a Mexican lager. This is pretty good. <clears throat> Matchless. Have you had anything else from Matchless? No. I... I, uh, I don't think I've ever heard of them until I found this can. Oh, and where'd you find it at? Beer Junction. I already oh, said yeah. that. You were ignoring me. West Seattle Beer Junction. I was kind of monitoring that. You're right. I was ignoring no, you. That's at that all time. right. That's all right. That, but not because I wanted to. That's the Mexican flag, by the way. It's not a family crest. It's not part if of it. I wanted to be ignored, flag. I'd go talk to my son. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, Nathan listens, but there's no action from the listening. Yeah, so. I get the same. Yeah. So. Is that ignoring? Is that the same thing? Uh, I don't know. <gasps> I think it is. That's a whole, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> well, this is really good. Nice job, Matchless. I wish I knew more about you, but uh, yeah. shout out to you for the for this delicious yummy beer. Yeah. Um, and then the bourbon. The bourbon. It's actually just a whiskey. Whiskey. Um, I found this while I was perusing the. This whiskey is actually why I thought about the Cinco de Mayo Mexican. Um, <clears throat> Uh, take on today's podcast. Okay. So this, uh, just, I'm looking it up. There's a this is a Mexican whiskey, 
uh, from a brewery called uh, Abasolo. It's uh, whiskey of Mexico. It's crafted and distilled from 100% Mexican caca, uh, caca wasintle corn, uh, which has been cultivated and passed down for more than 200 generations by local farmers from its distinct, for its distinct extraordinary flavor. So it's a mes- Mexican whiskey. I did bring the whole bottle. I bought a smaller bottle, but it's like a cool square. Um, so made in made in Mexico. Hecho in Mexico. Yes. Uh, and they use some special processes. Anyway, that's not helping us drink it. So here we go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I tightened it down so it wouldn't leak on the plane. Last thing I need is whiskey all over my checked bag. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't tried this, so I don't know really what it's like. <clears throat> what was the name of the company again? Abba Solo. Abba Solo. A B A S Abba Solo Whiskey. Yeah. Umbatara Solo. Oh, 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 oh. I made a Star Wars reference oh. on our whiskey. You did. Isn't that awesome? I, I think so. Holy crap. That's moonshine. That's <laughs> we'll, we'll see. That's Madre freaking moonshine. Someone What's... in the chat room, tell me what what is Mother Effin uh on the uh um in Mexico, in Mexican, Mexican in Spanish. Jesus Wes, you're an idiot. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> There's a whole process they talk about in here. One of it says they <clears throat> So it's 100% corn, and then it uncovers the deepest flavors of the corn through nixtamalization, uh, which is a cooking technique where you, like, put it in alkaline water. Oh. So there's, like, a whole process that they've been doing for a very long time to get it to this this point where you can ferment it and make whiskey. It's not something I've ever heard of. Yeah, I've never heard of that either. So promises to be distinct, unique. Yeah. Hold on one second. Uh, I, I think copy. Get it. Do it. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All right. Well, let's give it a go. No, let's give it a smell. Sniff. Moonshine. That's all. I smell sweet corn. Mm-hmm. It's sweet and corn. Yeah. I mean, it, I, was there an age statement? Uh, that's a good, I don't think so. I'm just wondering how long, cause I mean, there's, I don't, I don't think there's any law around, um, Mexican whiskey. No, probably not. Let's see. It's a new taste in whiskey. Uh, non-GMO. Mm-hmm. Use a 4,000 cookie Mexico? cooking technique. Yeah. Uh, Distilled and matured at the <clears throat> Avasolo distillery. Uh, imported. Oh yeah. There's no age statement on this. I don't know. It just has the process and the whiskey and Yeah, so it's probably not very long. Yeah. I mean it doesn't look like it's very long. It's really light colored. Yeah, it is. Oh no, here's something. Uh no, they just they ferment the yeast for more than 120 hours until all the sugars are co- converted into alcohol. So double distillation. Um barrel aging, it just says uh it's matured in new toasted and used oak casks. In an open warehouse with a light roof and no walls where temperature fluctuations and changing conditions provide a unique aging profile before it's bottled, but there's no age statement. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Do you think that does does heat uh affect I mean, other than probably speeding up the aging process, does it like 
negatively can it negatively impact the flavors that come out it'll make them different for sure it'll um they so uh distillers when they put it in the warehouse when they put the barrel in the warehouse in the in, in the cooperage they know the right places right so if you're thinking all the way at the top you're going to get hotter ones mm-hmm. uh, or they're going to get hotter the barrels are uh down below it's going to be cooler and then there's sweet spots and all the distillers know where the sweet spots where they want to put barrels that you know maybe they're like oh these are going to be like maybe the barrel select one mm-hmm. so it's going to be single barrels and stuff like that and then the rest of them you know again they don't really temperature control them necessarily maybe some windows or whatever but they just they understand what kind of whiskey is going to come out of them mm-hmm. these guys don't have walls yeah. they have a light roof so it's getting all kinds of in mexico yeah and i mean i don't i don't know if this place is always really hot <laughs> yeah i have no idea i don't know if it dips no down idea. real cold um it'd be interesting to actually see anyone visiting this distillery cuz i i don't know like if it's really hot, right, it evaporates faster. Mm-hmm. So um, you get that as well. So they'll get less if it's really hot. So that's really interesting. Let's see. There's other things in it. I mean, there's there's definitely honey. There's kind of an herbaliness to it. Almost like a, I don't know, tea. It's kind of like a minty tea, maybe. Let's see where they are. So they this city where this is distilled is north of Mexico City. So it's like right in the middle of the country. I don't know how hot that is. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's, that's a radio gold. Good thing we're not on the radio. <laughs> well, we are live. Well, I think it's going to be interesting in, at the very least. That's a good, that's a good sound. Mm. It's really sweet. Super sweet and oaky. Mm-hmm. Like you can taste the wood. Mm-hmm. They're toasted barrels. That makes sense. Yeah. So you, they don't have a deep, deep charcoal. Mm-hmm. They don't say what kind of used barrels or where they got them from. It doesn't It doesn't scream shady to me. It screams not American standard. Mm-hmm. But well, that doesn't probably, mean it's bad. It's probably a combination of um, getting a faster age on those old barrels because you get some of the residual flavors that are in there uh, and cost because used barrels are going to be cheaper and then the new barrels to get some of that new oak flavor and kind of balance out the sweet like that oak that woody oak flavor goes really well with that sweet flavor that you tend to get from it really does this is really sweet yeah I was actually surprised how sweet it is because most of the sugar that's created by fermenting corn like it's almost all fermentable yeah so whatever the process is is creating some unfermentable sugars that that stick around during the distillation process. Now, when something's alkaline, can you remind me if something's alkaline? Does that mean it's it's taken minerals out? I think it's when you add minerals in. Okay, well that makes sense. Yeah. When what other grains besides the corn? Hundred percent corn. Hundred percent. Oh, oh yeah, Mexican yeah, that corn that they've been propagating for thousands of years. So the whiskey is Abasolo. A B A S O L O. Abasolo. El whiskey de Mexico. I actually like it. I do too. I mean, this would. I mean, this. I mean, this pairs well with a Mexican beer. Well, yeah, it's a good, good call. Should we do boilermakers? What would they call them in in Mexico? <clears throat> I don't know. Anyone speak Spanish out there? Uh, boilermaker in Spain. We can do Google Translate. Mm-hmm. Google 
translate. Yeah, the sweet of the after tasting the whiskey, the uh, Mexican lager tastes sweeter than it did the first go round. Oh yeah, it's a it's an interesting <clears throat> pair. It's not my favorite pair. I don't think I'd act, actively drink them together. Calderero. Boilermaker. Mm. A person who makes boilers. That's brilliant. <laughs> brilliant sleuthing on that one. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. All right. Uh, What's well, good? I'm, I'm glad it's not terrible because I have a whole bottle at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could give this to the people that you know that have a, a bit of a sweeter profile. Yeah. They wouldn't probably appreciate like a, you know, hit you in the face single malt or mm-hmm. something smoky or... Even last week we did, um, or the last podcast we did Rebel Whiskey, which was a bottomish shelf weeded whiskey, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I was surprised, and because in your mind, and this is the problem, is that you you associate things right. So mm-hmm. you're thinking, oh well, it's bottom shelf, therefore it must be cheap, which mm-hmm. means it's probably bad or low standard. Um, but I was actually quite surprised, yeah. and this is. Uh, what was the price point on this here in America? Uh, I think it was only thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. It's more expensive here. Um, actually, I don't know if I even looked it up here. Mm. Yeah, maybe it's, no. It was forty dollars. It was a forty dollar bottle. It finishes. First of all, it's very light. Mm, yeah, it's not it's really syrupy. Light. It's it it's it feels fresh and clean yeah. in your mouth. It's only eighty six proof. Okay, that's not bad. It's a, 43%. But it feels fresh and clean in your mouth. Like mm-hmm. you feel like you kind of had like a little like mouthwash or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it does. It has a little, it gives that little bit of a tingle. Yeah. And there's a minty thing at the end, almost like, um, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Tea, like tea leaves. Like if you drink like a peppermint tea or something like that, maybe. Yeah. It's not bad. It's like a slightly effervescent. Yeah. Is it not bad? Is it good? It's it okay. good. It's okay. It's okay. You like to have some more. You like it. I was uh, in Florida. That's uh, right. Last week. Was it last week? Yes, it was. Mm. And uh, I came all the way back here just to see you. When I went all the way over there. You flew 3,000 miles. <laughs> I flew 3,000 miles or 2,500 or whatever it is. Uh, we visited St. Augustine. And we had a great time. We um, saw all the uh, ancient Spanish things, uh, forts and castles and the way they made stuff and how they protected all the slave ships uh, from the English as the English were trying to steal slaves from the Spanish. Go figure. (laughs) And uh, I know it's wild. The the interesting thing about American history is that you're – you're looking at all these things and you're you're pretty amazed. You're amazed by the architecture, you're amazed by the design, you're amazed by the colors, you're amazed that it's as far as America's concerned, this is pretty ancient. Um it's six hundred years old, which mm-hmm. for us is pretty ancient, you know. It's mm-hmm. a country founded in seventeen seventy six. Uh so when you see those kind of things, you you feel like, wow, this is not it feels like you might be in a European country or, or a mm-hmm. country that's been around for much, much, much longer. And then you hear the dark history of it. Mm-hmm. And you're so removed from it that you're like, well, that sucks. Isn't this beautiful? <laughs> yeah. So there's a the disconnect there. You know, it's like thousands of slaves from Haiti and Cuba and from Africa even, you know, and 
this fort was built so it blow cannonballs in the English as they try to steal the the slaves, which meanwhile, the English probably had slaves on their ship, so there went all those slaves, including mm-hmm. the English people. You know, and so the, there's such a disconnect from those kind of things that, you know, like, you want to, like, have some reverence, but at the same time, you're like, ah, I don't understand this. Mm-hmm. And we went to a place called uh, the Fountain of Youth. Beautiful place. The whole street leading up to the entrance is lined with all these ancient oak trees. And so it's it just, like, covers it like a – it's it's such a cool thing. It's, yeah. Uh, Dana said it's probably like the most photographed place in St. Augustine. I took a photograph. <clears throat> I was like, I'm one of the other millions of people who took this fit- photo. Uh, and inside there, it's the whole story of Ponce de Leon coming to America or coming to Spanish Florida and uh, meeting with the Native Americans and then giving them diseases and converting mm-hmm. them to Christianity, and uh, and then it's like the same thing. <laughs> I know it is the same thing. <laughs> Spanish love doing that, and they know that. Uh, <laughs> I just lost our whole Spanish audience. Uh, and and they know that they converted uh, the Christian Native Americans by the way they were buried. Mm. So they know like pre-Spanish Native American burial grounds compared to the post-Spanish burial yeah. grounds. Because the way they're buried, they have their hands over their chest, you know, in a normal, I guess at that time, Spanish Christian Catholic burial. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so the guy who owned all that property. So, you know, time goes on and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's not in, like an amusement park or whatever, which this kind of was. Like it was like a museum that you get to walk through and there's – um there's peacocks that are screwing each other because it's spring. So it's mating season. all the males had the feathers out. And then like three of them are chasing like this one <laughs> female peacock and she's screaming while they're screaming. And then <laughs> one of them gets the chance to mount her. It's really romantic. It's super romantic, you know, and I'm sitting there holding Dana's hands. I'm like, huh? Huh? Um, I'll shake my tail feather. <laughs> she's like, you're gross. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, we find the Fountain of Youth because it's there, and which is all it is is just a natural spring that bubbles out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Tastes like sulfur. Of course. Go figure. That's how you know it's working. That's how you know it's actually that's true. And everyone gets a little cup and they go, and you go to the, as you exit through the gift shop, you can buy a bottle of the spring water. It's like, why do I why want sulfuric so water? Yeah. Ugh, gross. You know, for 20 bucks. Also, here's, here's the pill you need to take to <laughs> cancel out all I the know. shit you just took in. You now have Giardia. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be shitting your pants for the rest of the trip. Um, but while the guy who owned the uh, park prior to it becoming this walking museum, as he was digging around his property, I don't know how many years ago this was. Um, I think it's all prior to the 50s. So I'm guessing late 1800s, early 1900s, I imagine. Uh, he's uncovering bodies everywhere and shallow graves. Mm. But some of these Native Americans, both in the wooden reliefs that the Spanish had made when they were actually occupying that part of the United States um, in Florida there um, before they sold it to the United States, and the bones of the Native Americans that they found, these guys were giants. Hmm. I mean, they were humongous, thick bones, big skulls. I mean, it not like uh, you and I by any stretch of the mm-hmm. imagination. I mean, they seem like they were, might be around seven feet. And then on the reliefs, they're big people as well. Mm-hmm. And that's just the artist's rendition on carving carved wood. Uh, and then all the alligators 
that they also had on these wood reliefs were like giant dragons, basically, <laughs> which I imagine might be true that they were probably a lot bigger <clears throat> uh, than they are now. So that was interesting. And again, you're in a beautiful place and it's very touristy. And but here's all the death and destruction that mm-hmm. was brought over here. And you're like, cool. Yeah. It's such a disconnect. Yeah. It's a weird thing to experience. And you just don't want to blow over it. But at the same time, you're like, well, what do I do with all this information? Mm-hmm. You know, I guess the next time I am asked to go on a ship to conquer a land, I should probably just say, hey, maybe we should be careful yeah, about it. The- I don't know if that's my thing. <laughs> But that's not going to have any more because we know. <laughs> so now we're worried about the aliens that'll come down here and give us whatever alien disease. Has anyone ever thought of that, by the way? Yeah. Well, I mean, according to where the worlds will give them the disease. That, that was true. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Is this... Why wouldn't they give us the disease? Because they never left their place. And I don't know. It is weird. That weird? Yeah. Well, actually, in the in the in the story, like they never leave their ships until mm. like. They're out and about. They start breathing our air, and then they can't take it. It's bad. So I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, I, I thought it think, was a good question. I do think it's important, though, to remember that kind of stuff because we tend to make the same mistakes over and over and over again, and just, like, it's a good reminder that we should just not be shitty to people. Yeah. You know, like, we were, we we are capable of some really horrific things. We really are. And that is the big t- – you're right. That's the takeaway is that humans, humans can be very diabolical and mm-hmm. – Absolutely. Well, and like people are doing it now where they're like doing things to actively make other humans seem like lesser humans to justify doing shitty things to them. And that's exactly what they did to the slaves. Like yeah. just convince themselves or told everyone they were less than human Yep. Uh, or they weren't human at all. And yep. uh, then it's okay because now they're just animals and you can treat people sure. shitty if they're animals. Well, we do that with name calling and uh, you know, even, even in the political sphere, you know, like, uh, whiny liberals Mm -hmm. that just dehumanizes a person Mm -hmm. or MAGA Republicans. It's like, (laughs) or just people who think differently than you as well, you know? Mm -hmm. So you just have people that just different. Mm -hmm. They're still human beings, but if I can label you, it makes it easier for me to demonize you or to make you Mm non-human. And that's, that's bad. That is bad. So yeah, we all just get along. Yep. Thanks. What was the guy? Rodney? Yeah. Or Michael Scott said, as Martin Luther King once said, can't we all get along? <laughs> or Reverend Martin Luther King, can't we all get along? Wasn't that though, like, was it from the the uh, LA riots? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rodney King? Yeah. Was it Rodney? Is it Rodney King? Mm-hmm. And who is the other guy? What was the truck driver's name? Oh, I forget the truck driver's name. Of course, we would forget the truck driver's I only. Name. So this is terrible, but I only remember that because they did a a skit on on a, in Living Color about it. Oh, and it really? Was, yeah, it was like Jim Carrey and somebody else. I know probably Damon Wayans. I remember watching that live. Dana had a whole bunch of family up here from California visiting, and we were over at her aunt Sally's house here in West Seattle, and uh, we were just all sitting around and we're chit chatting and having beers, and then someone turned on the TV, and you know, of course, they're all from. California, Mm -hmm. Long Beach, San Pedro. They're like, oh, my God, what's going on? And we're watching. And we watch that truck driver. He just pulls up and he stops Mm -hmm. because there's people in front of him. He's not going to run him over. And they open up the door and they take him out and they beat him. and the shit out of him for no reason. He didn't do anything. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I do remember watching that, too. I think I was living in California when that happened, but not near L.A., like three hours away. So we weren't at risk of anything. 
the good part. Yeah, those were the days, you know, before that when we didn't have to think about brutal things happening because we didn't have cameras everywhere. We could just ignore it. Yeah. The good old days. I think that was, like, probably one of the first, like, you know, cops caught on camera. Yeah, so I think the reaction was of people being angry was appropriate. I don't think destroying your own community over it isn't, but... (laughs) No. I'm mad. I'm going to go burn down my house. I know. This elderly guy who's owned this business on my neighborhood for the last 50, I'm going to go trash his shit and steal you know all this do? stuff. Yeah, I'm going to steal a typewriter and smash it in the street. <laughs> I know. It just, it, because racism. Racism. It didn't make sense. Didn't solve anything. Nope. We still live with it today. Just, Worse than I think made, it was then. Yeah. It's more polarizing than it should be. I agree. Well, so like, uh, if so current news, before we get into our topic, I was watching that Subway video that came out today. Um, so... Michael, the famous Michael Jackson impersonator that's in the New York subways. Mm-hmm. Apparently he started going on this angry rant is how it's described uh, about um, he can't eat. Just basically he's having a hard time living. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is how it's all described because the only videos I can find is the white Marine who subdued him and put him in a chokehold oh, yeah, yeah. and killed him. But people don't report on the fact that there's a black man also holding the guy's hands down at the same time, too. Mm-hmm. So there is multiple people who are trying to... Was the guy being aggressive? Like, I don't remember. I don't know. So that's the problem is that all the social media that I can find on the video only shows the guy in the chokehold. Yeah, that's all you see. I, you don't see all the stuff leading up. And you know someone was filming this guy by the time he was mm-hmm. starting to get angry, right? Well, and... and- like I don't know the details, so it's not, I'm not trying to defend the Marine because no, no, I don't no. know, and I'm not but either. Like, if all you see is the chokehold and you don't see like some like there's a reason he got put in a chokehold, you sure. don't just randomly put somebody in a chokehold yeah. generally, yeah. Unless you're a cop, then maybe you do. But like in this case, it was some dude on the subway to some other dude on the subway that was probably threatening people. Well, in 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 our military, thankfully, is actually trained to not use lethal force mm-hmm. unless necessary, yep. which is why smart police departments will hire ex-military because they know how to do the community policing stuff mm-hmm. better because they were in, if they were in anywhere in the Middle East. Win hearts and minds. Yep. It was hearts and minds rather than shoot them and just mm-hmm. move on. Because you know, you know the <clears throat> best way to create a terrorist, kill their dad. Oh, sure. Or mom. Or mom. Yeah. Yeah. I like, know. Blow up their friends. Unless it's drone striking, and then no one killed him. Was, Nobody even. It was a. It, it was a. Happened? Yeah, it was some object in the sky that shot yeah. him down. No one was in it. Yeah, it's probably. It was probably a. What was it? The. Uh, was it the Pento that had the fuel tank issue <laughs> that would explode? <laughs> it was probably just an exploding Pento. They probably had a, a speed bump. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. So all I'm saying is that it. In order for anyone to make a, a proclamation as to what exactly happened, we have to see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. What happened before, in the middle, and after? Because if you only get a piece of it, it looks bad. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know, this guy was—was was he in people's faces? Was he threatening to hit them? I mean, mm-hmm. what was going on? I mean, it's terrible that the guy died. You no, know, he shouldn't have died. You no, know, and there was like that. Clearly, was not the brain's intent. Like yeah. at least you can tell that from that moment. Like he's not sure. trying to, like, destroy the man's life. He's not trying to take yeah. his life. But I think he just ended up being unfortunate and. Uh, you're right. Uh, all the judgment, it's like we hear it from both sides, depending on the outlet or the person. Yes. It's like that guy needs to go to jail. He just murdered a black man. A white guy murdered a black man. Um, but then the 
defense that people coming to his defense, like, well, the guy probably deserved it, which I don't think anyone deserves to die. <laughs> no, they don't deserve to die. To say. <laughs> so the guy's angry, yeah. you know, he's probably may have some mental health issues. He's mm-hmm. a Michael Jackson impersonator. And that's a bad take. I apologize. <laughs> well, well, okay. <laughs> but well, I'm I, saying he, I maybe, he, maybe he's frustrated with what's yeah. going on. I'm frustrated with our government too, and mm-hmm. the system and, and how it, how the gap between upper class and lower class is getting wider and wider. Like mm-hmm. the middle class is beginning to miss. I mean, I'm getting frustrated uh-huh. too. Well, and, and think about this too. I've thought about this about people that busk and perform on the street a lot. We're moving to a cashless society. Mm-hmm. So like people aren't walking around with change in their pockets or dollar bills. Like, I mean, even real change has a QR code you yes. can you can snap to send people money to buy their papers. Like, True. if somebody has a hat on the street, the odds they're going to be able to make a living by just random cash being dropped off is pretty slim. It's yeah. and it's just getting worse and worse. And so the guy's probably not doing as well as he was yeah. for the same amount of work. He's struggling, and you're right he he might have some mental health issues, or he's just you know he's a very creative person and doesn't handle the stress well. Yeah. That's true too. Maybe he just doesn't have the services or the support network yeah. that he needs, and it just becomes too much. Yep. So, feel bad for the guy. Yeah. All I, all I'm saying is is that if 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 we are to succeed as a society as a whole, we need to understand all points and not react. Mm-hmm. You know that emotional that amygdala just oh, intervening yeah. there and just getting you mad for no reason unless you have all the evidence. No one takes the time to go well. What happened before? Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, it, I mean, his death is not justified. It's obviously not justified. But what, is there a reason why they had to subdue him? What was the reason? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, in our, um, this goes way back, I think, in our history of our country, where we've been, we've been in this mode of them versus us for a long time. Like, like you think about people talking about being a patriot. What does that mean? That means we believe we're better than everybody else. I love my country and I'm better than you. And so it's us versus them. You have to be to be a patriot. You have to support your country one hundred percent, and that means sure. every other country is lesser. Yeah, which is a shitty viewpoint. Like, sure, they're just other people. Yeah, but we've been trained, or yeah, trained, or I mean, honestly, brainwashed through all the shit that gets sent yes. away. Yeah, to propaganda, pick a side. For sure, yeah. everything has yes. to pick a side. You always have to pick a side. Yeah, and if there's one tiny detail about somebody else's personality or person that doesn't match my side mm-hmm. i'm against them yeah and now all of a sudden hey everything about them and everything that that they believe in and they stand for they're my enemy yeah. and it's on these stupid nonsensical things that we should honestly agree like if you sat down without the if you filtered everything personality wise or every like political part of things if you filtered all of that shit out and you just asked about the issue like a really a really good one that i think is interesting is background checks, universal background checks for buying firearms. Most of the country, and I don't say most, like sometimes they say most, like 52% of the country. Well, it's not, mm, okay, technically it's most, but it's half. In this case, it's 96% of the population is on board with background checks for buying firearms. Sure. Like that seems. Which also tells you 96% of the country is like, I'll tell you whatever you need to know in order for me to own a yeah. firearm. Yeah, exactly. Law abiding. Right. So like we can kill we can agree on this, but then the politicians turn it into this political. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation we don't sure. need to get into. No. But if you take one the, day, if you take the politics out of it and you're like, what do people agree on? We should take care of each other. Yep. Universal background checks, that's a good idea. You know, like a lot of this stuff makes yeah. a lot of sense to a or lot of people. Or even training. You're gonna own a firearm, you should be trained. 
Mm-hmm. So it, yes. there should be a mandatory training classes. Absolutely. I think, I think the uh, places like West Coast Armory or any of these places that you can go, gun ranges, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're going to make a lot of money. They can offer these classes. They yeah. can be subsidized in some way. And then the citizens actually know how to handle a firearm safely. Mm-hmm. You know, if the NRA was smart, they would actually I know. push this. Yes, they would. Because... If anything, it could increase ownership. I mean, we have so many guns in this country already. It's different. That's yeah. we're going down a different road. But like, they have such a horrible name for themselves. Yeah. Generally, they could do a lot of good if they really wanted to. I agree. They really could. Yeah. You know, and, and like get rid of the stigma of guns are properly terrible. Uh, I like guns. I don't own any in my house, and I've always said Helen. Helen, and I've talked about. Uh, me maybe having a uh well i'm gonna bring my hunting rifles back but having a a handgun yeah but the caveat is anyone who lives in our house has to go through a training course yeah well that's, that's not the just same me. thing with us it's like helen has to go <clears throat> and she wants to she's like if there's gonna be a gun in the house i need to know how to use it yeah and so we'll go we'll go to a range we'll do yep. training we'll do some safety training if tate's gonna be with us he's gonna do the same thing anyone who lives in our house is gonna be required to go through that course perfect even if it's just one that's locked away and I am, I'm the only one that has the combo. Everyone needs to know. That's what the three of us did as well. Yeah. Because Sophia doesn't want to touch them. So, which is fair. Yeah. And so we're like, that's fine. All right. But you know, Nathan was like, well, I want a gun. I was like, you're not getting a gun until you go through this class, Mm -hmm. which he did with Dan and I, and that you talk to the instructor and that you actually hold in your hand and I'm not buying it for you. So, (laughs) you know, you have to make some money. Yep. You know, I mean, those are all very important things. Yeah, and it's not until you shoot something like targets or whatever that you realize, like when you pull that trigger, the first time you pull that trigger, it's shocking. Yeah, how there's po- a power how powerful behind it. Yeah. it is. And there's reverence that you should have for it. You know, it's one thing I really appreciate about Guys Weekend is like um, everyone has stacked hands and agreed this is going to be a very safe, yeah, very safe moment. Yeah. Like no drinking, yeah. everyone's calling out if something's going down range, guns are unloaded, safeties are on. Well, nothing, everything's, like, untouched. everything's untouched, but yep. everything goes down. down. Like there's mm-hmm. like mitigating any risk possible. <clears throat> yep. Which I really appreciated. Cause yeah. if you saw those guys the night before, <laughs> you might not be so sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, even when that other guy showed up and he's like, I just want to test the build because uh, he he was building his own yeah. uh, rifle. And he's like, I just want to test this. We we actually held our guns in our hands mm-hmm. just in case he wanted to get squirrely. We're gonna yep fucking take you out, dude. Yeah, we're not gonna mess around because we don't know you. Yeah, we don't know you. But we're not gonna harm you. We're just gonna give you your space. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to test it? That's cool. Go right ahead. But we're all holding. Remember how well? That, <laughs> remember how well it worked? Yeah, it didn't work didn't well work at all. <laughs> Jammed on him. He's <laughs> like, I fuck. I gotta go take this bag. We're like, all right, see all ya. Right, see you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that was a side note. No, but I think it's important. Uh, you know, uh, German neighbor Max and I the other night um, were having some whiskey and we're kind of talking about those things because uh, I had posted some stuff on Instagram about um, democracy and a republic and a constitutional republic and stuff like that. And I said, they gamify us. Mm-hmm. It's red and blue. So you're no longer looking at a human. You're it, in a video game sense. It's you're on team red and they're on team blue. So they must not be your friend. Mm -hmm. And I said, and the thing that's missing, what you and I talk about all the time is kitchen table conversations. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't act that way if, if the person was sitting across from you at a kitchen table eating a meal, Mm -hmm. you would treat them as a human being. You would hear them out. You, they give your opinion. You might agree to disagree, but there, there would be points that you would agree on. Mm -hmm. 
and you maybe you'll learn something. Yeah, like if you were invited into somebody's house to have a, a meal and a conversation, you would not be shitty to that person in their house. I mean, you might be. Yeah. Because some people are. Yeah. It also might get heated. Yeah. Because things do. But yeah. that doesn't mean you have to hate each other. No. It doesn't mean you have to like be enemies. You might not be friends and not everybody's going to be friends, but you still, there's, there are things that you can find common ground on. Everyone yes. has something they can find common ground on. Yeah. And that's like why atheists and Christians yeah. both agree the human life is valuable. Yes. Yes, they do. So let's just start there. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and the other part too is, is the debate, right? So debate is healthy as long mm -hmm. as both people are, you know, willing to, you know, have cognitive and, and, and respectful conversation. Debate is wonderful. Even if it does get raised <laughs> or heated, it's just, it's passionate as long as it's not personal. Well, I disagree. <laughs> then you're well, dumb. you can't disagree. <laughs> well, now it's personal, so you I know, would like, like more of the Absolo. Oh, you don't. That was it. I only Absolo. brought a little bottle. Oh, Sorry, I didn't have a bigger bottle to bring, but I'll bring a better one next time. Sorry. I need more whiskey. I know we probably need more whiskey. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna get more whiskey. Okay. We do this every show. Where uh, I know. I'm up. sorry. I didn't. I didn't have room to pack the whole bottle. Uh, what do you want? Brown. We're going to have brown. Uh, some we've talked about before, yeah? Yeah. Uh, how about High West? High West bourbon. I like High West. Yeah. They're good. And their bottles are sexy. Their bottles are nice. Yeah. It's that bubble glass. Mm-hmm. I was going to say something, and it probably wasn't that great. Okay. But that's okay. I'm sure it'll come back. Yeah, it's in, it does. I mean, I probably need some brown to get my <laughs> jog my memory. <laughs> well, speaking of that... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about uh, drinking personalities. All right. So I assume you have like a rundown of the types of drinking personalities. I do. I actually do. And so we can. We Did can... you do a quiz? No. What Sex in the City character are you? <laughs> <laughs> are you? Uh, are you? Kim Cattrall's character. <laughs> are you uh, Slithering? Probably not. Or <laughs> Hufflepuff? <laughs> I've never taken those quizzes. We did decide, though, the other day that you're Coach Beard. Oh, yeah, 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 And yeah. I'm Ted Lasso. Yep, that's true. I took a quiz. I actually did take a quiz. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. That's so fun. You guys send me the quiz. We can talk about it. All so right. there are four types of drunk personalities, but there are seven <laughs> different types of drunks. Is this according to the Harvard Business Review or South Seattle Community College? So this is from the University of Missouri. No shade to South Seattle Community College. University of Missouri. So they studied uh, 374 undergraduates to examine the personalities under the influence of alcohol, and they came up with these four distinct personalities that manifest when drinking. You are drinking your spirit, so maybe you're possessed. Uh, number oh, one. Is that how they start it? No, that's oh. how I started it. <laughs> By the way, High West Bourbon also has a, like a minty herbaly. Oh, it does. Right off the nose. Mm -hmm. That's so yeah, good. Almost, almost like thyme. Yes, it is. Oh, that's perfect. I'm glad you said that. Maybe it's just suggestive. No, no, that's. But it, no. but the taste is not like thyme, but it's very herbaly. It does have a, a sort of like a green oh. vegetal. Flavor. Yeah. What is the it's proof not, near, this? not nearly as sweet as that uh, <clears throat> um, of a solo. 92. I like High West. It's yep. yummy. It is yummy. Actually, their rye is really good, too. Uh, so number one, the Hemingways. 
So oh, this, yeah, they're named after the writer and notorious heavy drinker, Ernest Hemingway. Of course. Uh, by the way, I was forced to read Old Man in the Sea in high school and mm-hmm. couldn't probably get through the first two chapters before I found myself uh, creating a noose out of my bed sheets in my bedroom <laughs> and wanting to kill myself. It does, it's only a hundred page book and it goes on forever. I know. It's like, yeah. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. I, I, Maybe that's I, I didn't finish it. I don't know why they didn't give us like Slaughterhouse Five to read. I love Slaughterhouse Five. Animal Farm. Did you read Animal Farm? I did. At I loved some Animal like Farm. Learning lessons in there. Yeah, lots that are current today. Mm-hmm. Or um, well, what was the other one? I actually stole from West Seattle High School, um, Catcher in the Rye. And mm-hmm. I've read that. And every time I read it, I get very morose and depressed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Anyways, the Hemingways <laughs> are more prone. To, we won't talk about that. They're more prone to alcoholism because they exhibit high tolerance to alcohol. Mm. Uh, this is unsurprising considering Ernest Hemingway was a notorious alcoholic. Uh, number two is the Mary Poppins. What's what? Well, hold on. Was Hemingway, <clears throat> was he a, a Scandinavian fella? He's a white fella. He was a white fella. I don't know what Hemingway. I mean, that Ernest sounds like a British name. Heming- I, I, I know that, that there's a lot of research right now uh, or out of where you're f- where your DNA might be from mm-hmm. will have an effect on. Yeah. So like Scandinavian <clears throat> ancestry has a higher tolerance for alcohol because the enzymes metabolize it faster. Um, and it actually, if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I don't know if this is true. I've never actually read this anywhere, but my theory is that if you spend all winter drinking your ass off, mm-hmm. your body eventually becomes attuned to having alcohol. And over time, those genes that allow you to metabolize it faster get passed on to your children and it just gets better and better and better. Whereas uh, Mm. a lot of East Asian cultures like Japanese people, a lot of them don't actually have the enzymes in their bodies to metabolize alcohol. And so they struggle with drinking. They drunk almost immediately. Oh really? Mm -hmm. Or even more fun. (laughs) There is a disease or a bacteria you can get that causes carbs to ferment in your stomach and will make you drunk without drinking. Is there? Uh-huh. Who has that? Uh, I don't know. There's somebody, there was a really famous story not that long ago of somebody who got pulled over for drunk driving. Yeah. And they had not bought or been out drinking at all. And turns out they had this bacteria that was in their stomach that would metabolize bread and, ferment. and carbs and ferment it into alcohol. And then they'd absorb the alcohol and they would get drunk. Could you imagine? Yeah. It sounds like a waste. <laughs> it does. But- I mean, like every day. I'm a real like, treat drunk. Yeah. I'll just have a sandwich, please. <laughs> yeah, right. Subway is off limits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, I can find it in oh, a short right. amount of time, but that's sorry. fine. Anyway, Nick, sorry. Uh, Joe Rogan experience. They talk about Shane Gillis all the time, who's a comedian, and how he is energized the more he drinks. Mm. And they say that's actually kind of a DNA thing um, with his, uh, I think he's Irish, actually. Mm. So I think it's it's something about the DNA that, and some people have that. They can actually drink a lot, not really seem drunk, and very mm-hmm. energetic. How much of that is you're just used to drinking a lot? And how much of it, like, because functional alcoholics is a real thing. Like, people could drink a fifth. Yeah, and, my grandfather was. Like, you might not even know. That's just it. My dad would tell me stories. Like, he's like, my dad would take a whole bottle of a full 750 milliliters of Jack Daniels. You wouldn't know. That's crazy. I cannot imagine. You wouldn't know. He, he would just, he was fine. He wasn't mad. He's just himself, normal. That's how he functioned. Mm. He's an alcoholic, that bad. All right. So we got the Hemingway and the we got- Mary Poppins. This might be a Dana. 
Poppin's personalities are individuals who are already pleasant and outgoing, but become more so when they drink. Mm. Uh, their primary difference for Poppin types is that they become more extroverted. Otherwise, their drunk personality is an enhanced version of their already bubbly personality. Mm. They are the elusive happy drunks. <laughs> and elusive. All, yeah. And although they are not impervious to the negative consequences of drinking too much. Mm. Number three is the nutty professors. Nutty professors tend, I know these names, tend to show the most personality change when they're drunk. So they become much more uninhibited. Uh, among all four types, nutty professors are the most likely to be natural introverts who come out of their shells when drunk, which makes their transformation more noticeable. They become highly extroverted and show the most significant decreases in agreeableness and conscientiousness. I like the way you said that agreeableness well you didn't say it like that agreeableness yeah that was good thank you appreciate that <laughs> trying to work on my uh radio voice radio voice uh the mr hides <laughs> is number four the mr high drinking personality is someone who drinks too much alcohol gets drunk and then acts like a complete idiot mm. maybe most of us uh they have a bad temper they can be aggressive towards other people uh, they often drink alone at bars and tend to be loud and obnoxious. Mm. Uh, their post, their personality is most likely to exhibit aggressive behavior, get into fights, end up in jail, or alcohol-related altercations. You ever been in a bar fight? No. You ever I, had somebody try to pick a bar fight with you? Never. Mm. Um, but I can imagine if someone was being rude or grabby with Dana, oh, I'd, yeah. I'd probably be definitely be getting in a bar fight. But, but bar fights are... the alcohol. That's... Like you would do that sober. Yes. But I might be like, Hey dude, you need to knock that shit off mm -hmm. rather than you motherfucker. You want to go, you know, just go stand in the corner. We're going to go right into fisticuffs <laughs> instead of me just being like, you need to apologize. Cause this isn't right. Yeah. It might just go right to <laughs> hitting. Cause I'm not there anymore. I'm not in the like, Hey, let's discuss this. Let's, let's apologize. Let's give you a chance. It's just like you mother. I had a big guy once try to pick a fight with me in a bar in college. And yeah. I'm not a big guy. I mean, like, I'm five and a half feet tall. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it was like 140 pounds. So I wasn't a big guy. I might have been 160. Doesn't doesn't matter. Still not not big. But he was like a football player size guy. Yeah. And, like, we bumped into each other. And, like, you do in bars because it's busy. And he turned around and was like, what the fuck? <clears throat> sorry, man. He's like, no, so you're going to be sorry. And, like, wanted to pick a fight with me. It's like, look, dude, you're like... A foot taller than me and outweigh me by like 400 pounds. Yeah. You're going to destroy me. <laughs> this is not a fair fight. So why don't you just let me buy you a beer and we'll just be done with it. And then like uh, the best part of that moment is like if he continues on, he just looks like an asshole. Yeah. Uh, I've done the thing where it's like diffuse. Fine. It might cost me five dollars for sure. for a beer yeah. to not get my ass kicked. That seems like a pretty good deal. Yeah. So. And then he's like, no, oh, fuck off. And then turned around and left him. So it was great. I never even bought him a beer. Yeah. Hey, maybe we can be friends. Maybe you yeah. can be my bodyguard. I'm actually really nice if you get oh, to yeah. know me. Yeah, if you get to know me, let's hang out sometime. Want to be on my podcast? I mean, I don't always bump into people, but sometimes I bump into the right people. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so what's you, the and seventh? Then you, oh. And then he grabbed his dick right I afterwards, did. right? I yeah. did. Okay. I mean, well, I mean, it was tiny because he was dead <laughs> road rage. Roid rage. Roid rage. It's like... It's like, I don't know. It's like grabbing a pair of underripe wine grapes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Sir, if you are listening. Yeah. 
It's that John guy at his name is not Jeremy Murphy. (laughs) Seven different (laughs) seven different types of drunks. All right, let's get into this. Okay, same article. Yeah, Uh, the number one is the angry drunk. Have you ever met an angry drunk? Uh, not like someone who slowly got mad at a circumstance, but someone who just. Like the guy at the bar, I guess you have met an just angry kinda, drunk. Yeah, I guess just bumped into like him, mad wants for to no fucking reason. beat yeah, you up, just yeah. mad about stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think I run into him, but I don't know that any of my friends are that way. Yeah, uh, actually, well, I don't know. Don't call him out, but no, yeah. uh, you but might yeah. have a border. Oh, I think I know who it is. Yeah, you might have a borderline, uh, you know, friend that uh, a little too many drinks, and all of a sudden that person is uh, wanting to speak their mind, He's just really ready to pick a fight about something. Yes, and they have with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> okay, uh, number two, the happy drunk. Mm. I've met one of those. Yeah, every Dana, time I look in the mirror, <laughs> Dana's this. She gets super goofy. I love Dana Joe. She's a goofy goober. She I does, call her that, she, and she, she knows that. And I'm I get very kind of uh, quiet, maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not like ah! when I'm drinking, <laughs> and she does, and so um, that annoys me when I'm drinking. But I don't let it show because I'm happy she's happy. Yes. But I also know that when she's at that place, she needs to stop. Otherwise, I'm holding her hair back later on. <laughs> yeah, or coming, For back, sure. coming over and painting our bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> that that was sleepy drunk. Uh, the next is sloppy drunk, which is close to sleepy drunk. That and was also, weird. yeah, yeah, she was sleeping. And all of a sudden she woke up. I got to go to the bathroom. And then she's like, hell yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I felt so bad for her. Close the door, hide it from Nate. We're yeah, leaving. yeah, exactly. That's pretty funny. Uh, so the sloppy drunk, because their inhibitions are lowered and their motor functions are impaired, they are sloppy. Doesn't it's doesn't everybody eventually become a sloppy drunk? It depends on how far you go. Like you've been drunk before, and and in your mind you're like, keep your shit together, walk straight. You're doing great. Mm-hmm. We're doing fine. And the sloppy drunk has no idea. They're like, fuck, fuck, fuck. They're like oh, okay. all over the place. And they're just I see, like, they're hanging so on people. Like, would hey, you say yeah, the sloppy that. drunk is completely unaware that they're super drunk? Yes. And they're just and but, like, ugh. yeah. Okay. I, I know what you mean. Because I've been to that level where you're like, keep your shit together. You can barely stand upright, but like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not running around. Just oh, I like to give me a, when they hang right. on you, right? Like, so they're, they're like on to someone, yeah. like, hey, bleh, bleh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and even their okay. speech is like, bleh. uh, the blackout drunk, mm. they've consumed too much alcohol and can't remember anything. It feels like these when like, they wake up, some of these go hand in hand, like the sloppy drunk becomes the blackout drunk sure. at some point, yeah, because those Long Island iced teas finally kick in and they just oh, fall over, dude. That's such a bad decision in a drink. A long island tea. Yeah. You know what you want? I want a cheap drink with four shots. Yeah. That's, I mean, ugh. I've never been to Long Island, but is yeah. Helen that way? Uh, No, she's not. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I know she's not. She's sophisticated when she drinks. <laughs> so she's a Cosmo. Is that one of them? I don't know. No. <laughs> uh, number five is the affectionate drunk. Uh, this mm. is the touchy feely. I love you, man. No, I love you. No, I love. Which we were, uh, we were criticized, kind of criticized, criticized in a nice way, that you and I in our early days of this podcast, <laughs> and we were pretty drunk by the time we were done. We're there like, were a couple where we might have pushed it a little. Far. Yeah, 
Yeah. And we had to like, I remember the conversation you and I had started to have, like, maybe we shouldn't be drinking this much mm-hmm. during the podcast. Well, we were also, we were pre-funking as well. Yes. So you'd come over, we'd drink a bit, and then we're like, let's go do the podcast. Let's go do the podcast. Let's go do podcast now that I'm drunk. <clears throat> and that might have been the podcast Tim liked the most. <laughs> just saying (laughs) number six is the reckless drunk uh so these are the more mr hyde personalities where usually they're pretty reserved they get a few drinks in them all of a sudden they're you know they're on the climbing the light post Mm -hmm. or yeah they're standing up in chairs at Mm -hmm. restaurants and yeah yeah the hold my beer guy you're absolutely right so they do more like the video of the guy jumping off the roof into the pool and he misses and oh dude those are so so painful to watch i know because we've all fallen on concrete Mm -hmm. because it's wet from like a foot not from like 10 feet that hurts yeah those guys they go to the hospital hope so yeah, I mean, actually, that's no something. Okay, let me re- usually I'll rewind, broken. I'll rewind that. I hope not. Yeah, but if they get hurt, I hope they go to the hospital. Yes, thank you. I hope they don't get hurt. I hope they don't get hurt. I hope you get hurt. Although sometimes, uh, sometimes secretly, I'm like, oh, I think I kind of deserves it. He's being an ass. Well, and yes, if you're if you're gonna push yourself that far, especially if you know they have a history of doing yeah. this, I'm like nobody made them do it. Yeah, they just decided to do it. It's a bare naked learned- lady song. Uh, I have a history of taking off my shirt. It's been two weeks since you looked at me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I won't sing the rest I, of that. I love Bare Naked Ladies. I like two of their songs. The band is good, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I can't believe I missed that one. That was good. That's a, that's a subtle. No, slow, that was good. Burn. No, it was good. I also good. love Cake. Yeah. Yeah, I like Cake, And too. the band. I like Cake by the Ocean. <laughs> Uh, the number seven is the secret <laughs> drunk. Uh, this is, uh, the classic Hemingways. These are the Hemingways right here. They, uh, they hold their liquor, mm. so to speak. So they're always drinking. They're always drunk. You don't know that they're drunk. You can probably smell it on them, but usually they figure out how to get rid of that mm-hmm. as well. I used to be a secret cigarette smoker and, um, I would hide it real well. So is this the one that like drinks in the middle of the day when no one else is drinking it, but they do a good job of, yeah, that sounds like an they're alcoholic. probably an alcoholic. Yeah, they probably have addiction. What's a version of alcoholic? Because the blackout drunk is also an alcoholic. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. Yep. And the the slurry speech guy. Mm-hmm. Like all of these are like some sort of. Actually, the first couple sound like a couple drinks, and you get happy or more emotional. Maybe or you're lightweight, like a lightweight, right? Level. So it, it yeah. yeah hits you harder because. But you're, then you know I haven't had a like, lot. As we move down, it's like these are these are alcoholic tendencies. We're drinking yep. too much. Yep. Do you ever check yourself sometimes? Like, I know. So when I when I moved to Providence and I was there by myself a lot, there were moments when I was like, "Why am I drinking this?" Like, oh yeah. What is, what is the version? Why Why do I want this right now? So there are days when I come home and I won't drink, and mm-hmm. I won't drink on purpose because I'm like, "There's there's no there's nothing there's no ritual mm-hmm. about this," um, and I don't even crave it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, "Why would I drink out of habit?" When mm-hmm. there's no craving, nor is there ritual. Mm-hmm. So I just drink a big thing of water, yeah. pee a lot, go to bed. Which is great. Yeah. And then there's other nights where I'm just kind of like, eh, I'll have one. Yeah. But it's one. Mm-hmm. you know. Or if I'm with a friend, that's usually like a ritual, right? So I mm-hmm. hang out with you or I hang out yeah. with Max or if you go watch 
the Kraken or a Sounders game or something. Mm-hmm. I'll have a beer. Well, it's also often not just about. But I'm not getting drunk. Yeah, I guess is the point. So like in this case, like we're we're drinking right now and it's not just about drinking. We're talking about the thing we're drinking. We're enjoying it. We're yep. discussing it. There's yep. there's part of the conversation that's related to it. It's not just just having a drink. Yep. Which I think is important. I would catch myself um, at moments like I, I find vodka sodas really refreshing. But then there's like, well, why am I drinking that? Do I want the refreshing or do, do I want the alcohol? <laughs> yeah. And so like when I'm at home by myself and I'm craving a vodka soda, like what do I, what am I, what am I, what's going on right now that is wanting me to crave that? Like yep. I can't justify it by saying I need something that's hydrating because <laughs> like I can drink I, water I'm for the or electrolytes. Or like, I have a soda stream. So like, why can't I just drink that's true. soda with yep. a lime? And so I catch myself sometimes um, wanting to go down that road when I'm like by myself or like, and it's not even I'm sad or anything um, or I haven't dealt with some underlying thing and maybe I am more sad than I know, but the, but drinking vodka at 10 o'clock at night, is not a sign of a healthy human being. Yeah. So making that decision, the conscious decision to not, because you know, it's not for the right reason. Yeah. Like I do think there are right reasons for drinking. Like we talked about the social, the, the interactive, but just drinking for the sake of drinking, that's not a path I want to go down. Yeah. That's a, that's when you know you have a problem. Mm. Like something else is going on and maybe I should probably check this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and I think that's important because uh, one of the things is that, yes, John and I love beer and we like bourbon or we like anything mostly brown, mm-hmm. uh, rye and whiskeys and single malts and all that stuff. And we know other people that do. Uh, we're also trying to stay conscious that we don't want this to become a thing that controls us. Mm-hmm. We want it to be something that we get to enjoy mm-hmm. responsibly. Yep. So if we have too much, uh, we'll recognize that. We won't do stupid things. Or we're mm-hmm. hoping that the people around us love us enough to say, you probably should probably do that. Need Maybe you one. need something Here, have else. have a glass of water. Yeah. Well, I just picked up my water yeah. just thinking about that. That's a good call. Um, but even like, I'll get you an Uber, mm-hmm. you know, or even, you know, fight with them. So we have to be able to to speak that way and, and be in um, – a safe spot to do that. So well, I think that's important. And reality is like, especially with, with Browns, like there's a point at which you're not really tasting it anymore. Yeah. Right. So like, not only is it a waste from the experience, but it's a, it's a financial waste. It's yep. going to waste your time. Cause you're going to feel worse. Waste your life. Yeah. And it's going to potentially make relationships less good. If you don't have a super understanding wife, like we do. Yep. Uh, but they'll call you yes. out on it. They call yep. us out on it. Yep. Well, Dana grew up with an alcoholic dad. Mm-hmm. who by the time I met Dana, uh, when she was 17, um, he had been sober, I think only for a couple of years. Um, so she's, she's got that in her about like conscientious about how much we drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has been like some nights, you know, uh, in the past where she said, you know, do you need that? You know, she'll look at me and my first reaction is like, fuck, I can do what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not right. I know where it's coming from. Yes. She's just saying, really? Like you mm-hmm. couldn't have. And so I'm trying to be conscious of making sure that on the nights that like we don't have the podcast or nothing going on, I'll just have water. Mm-hmm. That way I'm not putting her in a place where she has to like worry or think like, is there a problem here? Yeah. Um, And I even noticed like when we were in St. Augustine, um, 
we would go, we would eat, we'd walk around, we'd sightsee and stuff like that. And then I'd be like, Hey, let's stop at this. Uh, and there was really cool breweries that we went to ancient city brewery. Um, I didn't bring any back, but, um, I, I, I did bring uh loggerhead whiskey back and St. Augustine distillery whiskey that we'll be having in the future. Woo-hoo. And it's actually very good stuff, but, uh, we go in there and we just play cards. I'd have a beer. She would have mm-hmm. a beer. When we're done with our beer, we would leave. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't want to ruin this vacation with yes. me over exceeding my alcohol consumption. Plus I was, it was bloating me anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, which is great that I get bloated on beer, which is why I chose beer not, uh, and, and, and not hard alcohol. Also hard alcohol will make you, uh, pay through the nose. If you go to a restaurant, mm-hmm. we did, however, find a liquor store because it's not in the grocery stores like it is in Washington, mm-hmm. which is weird in Washington that for as progressive as we are, we'll sell it in the, and then not tax the hell out of it and sell it in a grocery store and then not in a state run liquor store. But anyways, uh, I did get like a little bottle of wild Turkey. And when we'd go back to the house and play more cards or dominoes or whatever we like to play, I would have some mm-hmm. wild Turkey. Cause I don't want more beer. Um, but it's all within the, I'd ask her, I'd like, you cool with this? Like, I want to make sure. And she's like, yeah, you're fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about you. And that's what I want. Mm-hmm. I don't want her to worry. And I don't want to be like my grandfather, which means that I have, maybe a family history of being prone to drink and it being uh, a problem. Mm-hmm. And it's not a problem with my dad, but it was with his dad's dad. Well, it's not a problem with my 70 year old dad now, but, and after my mom, dad, I actually was kind of worried that it'd become a problem with my dad, but mm-hmm. it's not. So well, it's good to be aware of those, those moments, the why behind what you're doing. Yeah. Not just in drinking, but everything you're doing, like, like even just snacking or any sort of vice that you might have where you're like, why am I choosing to do this right now? Do I need it? And then is there a, a better way or is there something I got to deal with? Yeah. So I do that a lot. Yeah. Like I, I definitely, I'm surprised I'm not a big fat person <laughs> because I have a tendency to like snack when I, I do the snacky thing. I, I just, I, I'm going to well, I'm a grazer snacker yeah. too. You know yeah. what I want? I want a bowl of popcorn with a cup of butter on it. <laughs> really? I'm just drinking cheese. butter. Fucking popcorn and cheese. Oh yeah. Dude. I like the, uh, the shitty fake Parmesan cheese that no, comes in the rattle can. I cut myself slices of Tillamook medium cheddar cheese. Oh, you're too fancy. I don't have for that. I want the cellulose popcorn. in there. Oh, so good. Now, now I'm hungry. Uh, I made dinner. <laughs> so you can have some. Oh, all right. I might, have, you go. I might have a snack. Yeah, sure. Do you have to I leave know. right after this? Well, I don't know what Helen's plan is for dinner. And oh, she, okay. and She's my number one. Okay. She is your number one. Not your number two. She's your number one. That's right. Yep. I'm her number two. <laughs> Because I'm a shit. Full of shit. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Did we get to, to the this. end of those seven? Yeah, that was it. Number okay. seven was sure. uh, was the sure secret drunk. Oh, okay. And that no, was the, that was okay. the dangerous. And that that's, the dangerous that's what got one. us into this alcohol. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We're just, good. Yeah. Just want to make sure we got it all. No, we got it all. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening yeah. uh, to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Uh, thanks, Tim and Trina, for who did the um, the secret listening to the podcast live. I feel like there should be some hats coming their way. Hats or or maybe even... Uh, coasters. Coasters or even like little sample things like I like out of the oh, oak staves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samplers. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know how big of drinkers maybe, they are. Maybe, baby. Mm-hmm. Maybe, baby. Uh, so thank you guys for listening and uh, and helping us out through this. And thank you for all of our listeners. Yes. If you found value in this or if you enjoyed this, you can go to fountain.fm. You can give us some Satoshis. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, it's really easy to find Beer Bourbon Balderdash podcast on Fountain.fm. You can even do the same thing at Podverse. Um, and Podverse is and Fountain FM, they're podcasting 2.0 apps. Mm-hmm. You can go to podcasting2.0apps.com and you or newpodcastapps.com, excuse me. And you can find something that's not iTunes, something that's mm-hmm. not Google Play, something that's better. Uh, because instead of all these advertisements like that, you can go right to the creators and give them um, value. Yep. And on Fountain, remember, you earn Satoshis by listing, so it costs you nothing. Yep. And Have you been you, using Fountain? Yeah, I use Fountain. And so you nice. can choose to give them to podcasts you listen to or not, but you earn them as you listen. Yep. So there's no cost. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can earn while you – and if you like things, you'll earn Satoshis. Um, or you can Venmo me a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Which is fine too. I'm I'll okay with either well. way. I'll take it as well. I'll take it as well. So, uh, but most importantly, uh, John and I, we don't do this necessarily for uh, the uh, digital currency or the money at all. We do it because we want to connect with an audience. We enjoy doing this. Mm-hmm. And I hope that really comes through. So drop us a line and uh, let us know what you think about the podcast. Go and- to bed. We like the criticism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good can, and bad. We, constructive we can, criticism. We, we like we constructive criticism. It. You guys are fucking assholes. You can tell me we're full of shit, <laughs> but you need to be able to tell me why. Why? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's constructive. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So uh, so thank you guys so much. And uh, until next time, cheers. Do we do it on a live one? Well, we'll just say cheers. No. Okay. Cheers. 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 Hey. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry.